podcast my name is will and i'm over here being steven and uh yeah and together we are here to uh talk about one of the uh big big anime movies anime franchises whatever it's a a big one it it is a big one big influential one big uh maybe not the movie in specific but the Macross in the general. franchise yeah. in in general, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking Macross. What's it called? Super Dimension Force. Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Do you remember love? There you go. There you go. You do it. <laughs> Perhaps you add the in front. I, I think the the is kind of optional. Oh, maybe, okay. Like the Super Dimension yeah. Fortress Macross. What is it? Nineteen eighty four. 86, I believe. 86? It's what? one of those uh, 86 movies that... Uh, I looked I thought it was is it, 84. Is it 84? I always thought it was 86. I looked it up. It was 84. I'm going to look it up right here. I could be wrong. Right now. I've always thought it was 86, but you know, I don't think I've really looked at looked that up in a while. I'm pretty sure it was fucking 84, because I've been looking at this. Japanese release, July 7th, 1984. Hmm. Well, I'll be. I thought it was '86 this whole damn time. It's directed by two guys, uh, Shoji. What's his name? Kawamori. Kawamori. And do you know the other guy's name? Uh, I do not, off the top of my head. I'll probably recognize Jesus or something. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm I'm never good at the background. Apparently info. not. '86, and it's just you know completely wrong. Shoji Kawamori is the guy that you like mostly associate with the series. With the franchise as a whole, really. Yeah, it said that he created it and yeah, he's, had the idea for it and all this stuff. He was in the original... Like, he didn't create everything in it. He was the me- mecha designer, so he made all of the jets and the robots. And, yeah. and that's kind of what you think of when you think of Macross. Yeah, is, well, I saw the thing that like he he's the guy who pitched it and like came up with the story mm. and stuff. On the uh, That's what I was reading about it. Hmm. But uh, for the, the movie or for the for the show for the show okay. yeah and like uh, they said on other things um, like in the later series it's listed as you know they have like the yeah, like the ones that didn't come out in the U S on the later series it says created by Shoji Kawamori and Studio New right and okay. so I feel like he's kind of like the main guy yeah he's it's definitely like his baby that he's yeah. uh, like he's really like into it i think he's been involved in every single macross 
release or every single Macross series that's yeah. been made or something. He's been a big, important factor in. So the other guy's name, directed by Shoji Kawamori and Noboru Ishiguro. All right. All right. <laughs> Get their names down. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's important to yeah. give credit where it's due. So they yeah, co-directed it. Yeah, different writer and director and stuff for the tv series but i mean maybe but but uh i don't know i didn't uh, look too deeply in it i'll the yeah. only thing i said was that was that he like came up with the, the premise and the idea mm. and he's listed as yeah a i know creator. there were un- like i know that there was a lot of uh debating and going back and forth during its creation of, yeah like the the title itself is kind of a hodgepodge of um I forget who was doing what, but there's a couple of the guys who were creating it. One of them wanted it to be called Macbeth yeah. because it was a very Shakespearean kind of a story of okay. tragedy and love and all this stuff. And so he, he wanted it to have this Shakespearean title of Macbeth. Yeah. And I don't know Shakespeare that well, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I didn't a, I didn't get a Shakespeare yeah, vibe when I was like watching it's, this. It's a, it's a little bit of a stretch, but like I kind of get it. Kinda yeah. like it's this big, in, intertwining like, okay thing. But and the other guy wanted it to be called Megalode or Mega Road because okay. the R and L in Japanese yeah. is one letter, one sound. And they but that was like deliberate because he thought it was going to it would work on both ways that it's Megalode because it's like carrying the last of the human race okay and so it was like this very important cargo that it's carrying right. and mega road in that it was this huge journey across the solar system okay and so he's he like oh this will work on both versions of and yeah. so they were like debating which name to give it and then they like just mutated it into macross <laughs> where the fuck does the cross come from yeah i, I don't know it's a weird story of yeah. i'm not sure how they like fused Figured it into it this yeah. uh weird word of macross but well, that's what we got it was macross yeah i would say that that if it wasn't called macross i think it would be less recognizable if it was just yeah, called yeah. macbeth or yeah. <laughs> mega load road or whatever yeah, I, I think a lot of that comes into just the japanese pronunciation things like cross like the th sound that we have in english does not exist in japanese so yeah they probably ended it with an S sound, oh, which is okay. where you get that S ending in Macross. But oh, okay, um, yeah, it's and just, the row is from the road. Or yeah, something. I guess, yeah, I guess something like that. And so it could have been Mac loss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been a, a weird one. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's a very weird. Uh, story there that i've heard yeah well i think it's good that it has a, a unique name because right, i think things right. with unique names are yeah, more I recognizable and i i like the name macro. yeah like, the it sounds good yeah it doesn't name, sound yeah. like something you just pulled out of your ass and sound no it sounds good it yeah. sounds good and i love that it's the super dimension fortress <laughs> like, it's just like how can you <laughs> yeah yeah like that that's just perfect just japanese use of english construction right <laughs> build weird crap yeah it sounds good you know i don't know exactly what it means <laughs> like they're not going interdimensional or anything like it's just a super dimension fortress i mean it kind of 
is in that, but the movie doesn't really touch on it. Oh, okay. In that it doesn't explain the faster than light travel. Which oh, okay. they, they use the word every once in a while, fold, of like space fold. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's referring to, is going in interdimensionally to oh, travel. Fa- and so this okay. is, um, the Macross was literally for humans, at least in the series, the first ship that could a- actually go at faster than light travel. Okay. And so it was the first ship that humans had to do that with. So yeah. it's this big deal uh, for the humans at the time. So folding space. Yeah, I can't remember if they fold space in Dune, but they do in this movie Event Horizon, this fucking horror mm. movie. And, <laughs> and I just, every time I think of folding space, there's this part where Sam Neill is explaining it. <laughs> And he's just like has this piece of paper, and he's just like, "How do you get from this point to this point?" And you fold it, and he like sticks this fucking pen through it, and he's like, right. "You go through it. You fold the space." <laughs> <laughs> so I always think about that. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like that. Like uh, Macross Plus really shows it a, even more blatantly as like a, a different dimension. Like they're actually oh, going they go into through like, a thing. Yeah, and it, it has some more shots of like the ship actually traveling through like this weird like technicolor psychedelic oh, cool. space of uh like uh, Bill and Ted when they go through the phone line world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that where they're like shooting through this wormhole of just lights wow, and okay. colors and weird pulsating shit and so it's kind of, it's more a reference to that, that it is okay. a, a ship that travels through this other dimension to fa- travel faster than yeah. light. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is kind of funny because the Macross uh, does it once and then loses that ability forever <laughs> because the, they don't know how it works and so it breaks down and then they're... Oh, Jesus. Like, that's actually why the journey is so long. Like, they did it once and they got to the edge of the solar system and then it's like the the fold system actually vanished in the tv series like oh, okay. it teleported somewhere else <laughs> like they dropped the ship off and who knows where the hell oh, it actually weird. went and they're like so it's basically like if the enterprise uh just did warp speed and then the warp yeah. core just kept going and left the ship behind and they're like ah oh. <laughs> like on impulse the whole yeah way then, back. then they got to go impulse all well, the way back well that's kind of like voyager where they yeah they yeah actually that, that thing, is and then then they're in like yeah. quadrant b or d or something yeah voyager actually does that and then they got to drive all the fucking yeah way it's back. gonna take them like 75 years or yeah, something yeah it's, yeah it's a very similar situation to that where they I wonder if that's where they they were inspired the old macross I don't know. That's a, an interesting uh, thought. It's, you know, Macross is a very influential thing. Yeah. So, uh... And it's certainly well-known in America, even outside of anime circles, as Robotech. People, like, the people who made yeah. Voyager would have, you know, been aware of that growing up yeah. as a, you know, as a big sci-fi thing from the 80s, even in America, yeah. just yeah. as Robotech. And so that part of the story would have been certainly easily available. And yeah. It's definitely possible. As, mu- as much changes as Robotech made to the the series, that basic premise is still intact in there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. D- you watched the Robotech back in the day? Uh, back in the day, yeah. I have not seen it since basically childhood. But right. But you did watch it back in the day. Yeah. I don't know, like, as it aired. I, I watched it sometime later. It was a little bit before my time. 
And yeah. so I watched like reruns of it or something oh, okay. later on and have some pretty vague memories. But of it was like on TV. Yeah, it was on TV. I think my brother wound up getting like taping it. And okay. so we had tapes of it for a while and then eventually getting like actual Macross stuff the, and being like, oh, shit, it's the real deal. Yeah. And then kind Did of you never know back. when you were watching it that it was Japanese, do you think? Um not as a kid, not until I was like in high school watching okay. it and, and like kind of rewatch. And by that point, I was starting to get into like I was watching actual Macross. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a it was a weird one. Although, like I can't say anything bad about Robotech. Like as much as it did, you can say whatever bad things you want to say. <laughs> but I don't want to. Is the thing like oh, I can't okay. like? I mean, you could say like the story was kind of jacked up or whatever but it just it robotech did too much to really have anything against it in terms of yeah i mean for one they just kind of made it into a even more epic series okay because macross is kind of what you see in this movie for the most part there's a little more after the war where they're trying to make peace with the zentradi and live together and so there's okay. there was a season of that but then that, okay, you're talking about that first series. Yeah, and that's that's Macross. And then there's Southern Cross, which is a completely different anime series that has no relation to Macross at all. Yeah. And that became... And Mospita, the third one, has, again, no relation. Like, these are completely unrelated. And Robotech just squeezed them all together yeah. and turned them into this one arcing, like, century of oh, okay. stuff going on so that the main character of southern cross is the daughter of oh, okay. max and miria in from this movie who don't have a huge role in this movie but they were bigger in the series and and then the main character of mospita becomes the daughter or the son of oh that's the cool daughter. so it's it's literally this generational effect yeah. of this this huge long uh, war between uh, the humans and these aliens that in Robotech become the Invid or but like, a weird thing going on with that. But They're separate series, so they're not fighting the same things. It's they're like not, every generation, they're like, oh, we got some new guys just showed they, up. They, I think they kind of are. I think the Invid is like this main overarching villain over the entire series of Robotech. So that's kind of new shit it. that they just animated for for Robotech? No, it's just, it's just that Southern Cross and Mospita like copied Macross so much that the designs looked similar enough that they could just say, oh, okay, this is like 20 years later, the designs have evolved into this, and 20 years oh, later weird. they've evolved. And so they just kind of take it and... So they all have like those green dudes? Um, They all have kind of like not now they turn blue. Yeah, yeah, basically. Like now, there's like the they, the enemies kind of look similar in a lot of ways in terms of having more round designs, where the yeah. humans have more square, angular designs and right. stuff like that. And so, and there's always like the jets that transform into robots, or in, or in Southern Cross, they're tanks that transform into robots. And so oh, okay. it's it's just it was very easy for them to parallel it Weird, to yeah. the Macross designs and just say like, okay, 20 years later, like military tech has evolved and they've <laughs> got these new, they still turn into, you know, it's yeah, similar yeah. enough that you could see it as an evolution. Right. And so it's just kind of, so just 
in a way they kind of made it even more epic because <laughs> <laughs> just this huge man so it's like i can't even be upset about that of just yeah like no you butchered it like but they did this whole huge thing that nobody else has really done and yeah. turned it into this big sprawling multi-generational epic that was yeah that is cool is uh that probably did a did a lot for anime in the in the U.S. And, and, yeah, back and then in those just, days. just that in general, like without Macross, I don't know that without Robotech. Yeah, like I don't know that you really have much of an anime fandom in in the West because that did put a plant a lot of the seeds of people wanting to see more anime kind of stuff. That was one of the big early yeah series to really make people start becoming more aware of it and yeah that that's what it seems like yeah it was definitely one of the the big factors in anime becoming popular like if robotech hadn't been around i don't know that anybody would have bothered to put out Aiko in america and yeah see if it would work and like i don't know that anybody would like because that show was big it was successful it was a huge deal in right. the early 80s so well. big important series in general yeah so on big uh, crazy story and so how did you feel about the movie or... how did i feel about the movie <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the question comes up yeah because <laughs> yeah, good feeling you're dodging it <laughs> uh, yeah well like many things i have very conflicted feelings about mm. uh, you know i have complex emotions about most things uh did i like it overall i would say i liked it mm -hmm. it has some flaws yeah like well it's just I don't even know how to how to describe it. <laughs> it's just it feels like truncated. Like it feels like it's smashed yeah. down from a TV series because the things like move from yeah, one thing to the next. It definitely does that. And um, you can kind of see like okay, that was an episode, or this was a little piece of the series. You know, this was a few right. episodes where now they're on this fucking thing and whatever. Right. And so. And like that's fine, but I don't know that it's it flows enough for me as a person who has no idea what any mm. of this stuff is. Yeah, I don't know because <clears throat> I was kind of lost on a couple of things. Um, I just I I know I've I've seen some Macross Plus back in the '90s, mm. just out of the blue. You know, here it is, Macross Plus. I definitely didn't see the whole thing. Right, and so. I saw that. I don't remember shit. Now I'm watching this. I don't know anything really about it. I know that like music is supposed to be this unifying thing in the in the series. And so that's all I know. And so I'm going in and I think like okay. I I'm I like music. This <laughs> this thing, the people who created this apparently like music because they think it's, you know, a, a enough to build this whole space thing around. And so like I have fairly high expectations. It's fucking Macross, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've heard nothing but, you know, amazing things about Macross. And so then it starts and I'm like, "All right, here we go." And and I'm on board for a while 
I don't know, half an hour or something. I think like, okay, this is this is going to be a movie where you, you know the people are are they got some passion about about their art and they're making a fucking movie. And then it sort of devolves into that like, let's cram as much shit as we can to tell this story, yeah, sort of a... thing. And so it loses its way for me, but then the end, it it achieves, you know, a, a very artful sort of cinematic uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think it ends exceptionally mm. well. Right. That ending is really kind of like. I... And I, I kind of see where you're going. Like, they have to set up Ikaru and Minmei. And right. then they have to set up Ikaru and Misa. Because that's really the main yeah. arc, at least for the characters. That is the main right. arc. And, and his, I feel like the, that could have been done better cinematically. I feel like because they did the show now and they know the show, like, they have to kind of yeah, they kind mechanic have to take... it in there. Like yeah, so there's like this the the Minmay part, and there's the Misa part, and then there's the ending basically. Right. Like they kind of really focus heavily on like just that one part at a time. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know. I I was thinking about it as a creator. These guys they make the series, and then like now they're doing the movie. How like it just seems like an odd. Yeah. I know that that's what they do in Japan when they're making these animes, and but, like... I, I think a lot of it is just to see, like, your favorite elements of the series done in, like, a really high-end animation. Right, but compared to... from the, the perspective of the creators, the animators, they just made the show. <laughs> and now, a couple months later, now they're drawing the same things over again. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how can they get... You know they're like fucking into it, and they just have to do the same shit that they just did over. <laughs> like it's just it's weird to me. Maybe in jokes helped. I don't know because there's little things that this movie sp specifically is kind of known for little like one frame gags that you would never see unless you just literally look frame by frame. Yeah, that's like, how they fucking <laughs> kept sane drawing the same thing. Because like I know there's one part at least where. Um, they're firing a bunch of missiles, and you just see the missiles flying around, and they're and if like there's one frame in specific where you or like one shot or something yeah. where it's not a missile, it's like a beer can, it's like a Budweiser can just <laughs> flying, just shooting off, and just, like they do weird little things like that that yeah. are just so subtle you would never notice them unless you just went frame by frame. Right. And there's like so there's just weird little things like that and you might see it if it was on the big screen though too maybe maybe if it was you were getting a good theater presentation because i've it. i've noticed that i can't think of a specific thing but in regular movies where i'll see it in the theater like i you know some 90s movie and then i'd get the dvd and it'd be like hey what happened to that thing i can't see it and i'd like freeze frame it and I'm like oh i just it's not like not high def enough yeah. to see that any you know because it's small and so it's uh yeah so maybe maybe it'd be a little bigger a little beer can you know now it's a, a big beer can on the screen yeah I, th I think there's one frame of it though where it oh, like okay. takes up like almost the entire screen oh, okay. <laughs> just like this freaking budweiser can flying by yeah <laughs> but like it, it's just weird little things like that so maybe that's how they uh, keep their sanity that's that's a, probably a good guess there yeah but I don't know. I mean, 
I, th I think there's... I think there's some good parallels to the Minmay arc and the Misa arc. Like, they do this, like, it's going through the same kind of things and then showing it again in a different light with a different character. Yeah. Because you, you, in both of their cases, you have a scene where basically Ikaru is stranded with Minmay. And then there's, he's yeah. stranded with Misa. Right, right. And they both kind of go through this arc where they're just kind of living this domestic kind of a thing where he's gathering up food and they're, you know, setting Yeah, they're, things. like, stuck together. And, it, and so it's kind of illustrating this difference between those two relationships and that you get Minmay, who's all uh, kind of flighty and happy and cheery. And yeah. It's all, like, and then you get Misa and it's all just this bitter, hard, like ruinous area and stuff. <laughs> but it's also kind of just like, like Minmay is all just, it's just play. It's just like, it's, it's fake. It's this childish kind of yeah romanticized thing. Like even when she kisses him, it's an act. And, but with Misa, it's like, it suddenly it's real. It's uh -huh. like, it, instead of this, illusion like yeah. again you see that with uh minmay even when they're back they go in the little hologram room and they're trying on different outfits like everything okay yeah about it about that relationship is all superficial and then when you get to misa it's like it does the same things but it's now it's real they're actually okay. like going and like this is a the hard reality and who's <laughs> actually going to stay with you and help yeah, you yeah. out and through real difficulties rather than just fluttering around and not really doing anything serious and yeah that makes sense and so i See, like i don't even pick up on that kind of stuff because <laughs> maybe if i saw it again yeah yeah i mean i don't think i ever picked up on this in earlier watchings yeah and so it's taken a few times to see this play out and right and to well i mean i'm trying to like i because i kind of glaze over i'm just like <laughs> like when they went to the fucking the fucked up earth yeah like so much shit happened where it's just like okay they're captured and then now they're in a ship and i was just like how did they get a ship did I, what did i miss was that like i'm watching it what happened you know i don't know if i zoned out for a second and now they're in a ship and i'm like okay how'd they get a ship and then it was like now they're on this earth thing oh how the fuck did they get here? I don't remember. <laughs> and I went back, and it's like, they okay, they mentioned, okay, fold the shit is folding. Now we're we're going. But, like, I don't know. I zoned out for a fucking second, and I missed that. <laughs> yeah. And so for a while, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how did they get here? Yeah, there, there are, <laughs> I guess, little moments. Like, it's, I guess because I've seen it a few times, and I'm familiar yeah. with it, like, it, it feels like it's going from one step to the next in a very right like, well it probably is <laughs> i just my attention span is not always quite the best it, yeah. yeah and like i wasn't locked in until really the end i mean a little bit at the beginning for sure and then it lost me and yeah. then the end i was like fucking locked. yeah because they because it's more of like this escape scene where they go back and find their ships that got captured and then they bust. So it's the ships that they were flying around before the Zentradi captured. Oh, right. Them. They were in the And then ships. they're like, yeah. okay, we got out of our jail cell. Where are our ships? And yeah, they run yeah, around yeah. and then they go, there's our, our freaking jets. Yeah. Here's another thing. The Minmay. That's her name? The singer? Yeah. yeah. She Min was May. still locked up with the, the green dudes, right? Yeah. How the fuck did she get back? Um, they made peace. That was the peace treaty part. 
do they show her like no, being they, released or no, anything? No, no, it's just she's she's magically there. Right. Yeah, it's kind of, that okay. is a, a very weird transition. Like they don't actually. Because yeah, I was just like, okay, she's she's locked up. They gotta f- save her or do something, and then it was just like, oh, she's back. Like, yeah. Okay. Because there, there's that thing where they call them. I was like, oh, the Zentradi want to make peace. Right. I remember and so it's that. Like, and I guess as a part of that, they give Min May. Yeah, back. that makes sense. And it's, just, and it's but probably yeah, something that they is in the show, but then they just like. Yeah, they just didn't put in the actual right. transition there. One of those things they clipped. Yeah, and so that's where I feel like, as a movie, just as a movie, I've never seen shit else yeah you know like i don't know that it's the best movie my opinion doesn't matter because <laughs> it is uh, you know this movie that is has has yeah. a life and is uh, you know it's a classic but yeah like, like most adaptations of a longer series i think it works best if you understand some yeah. of those core concepts going in yeah i just feel like yeah like i don't know i, I think like it could be done better and I don't know, I'm not, I don't have any solutions, but... Right. I don't know. Because it's already a kind of a long movie as it is. Yeah, it did, It's yeah. a full two hours. Yeah, I think it's a little over. Yeah, it's about two, two hours, and yeah, it, it definitely... It, it fills the space, for sure. It's yeah. not like it's sitting around doing nothing very much. Right. The other thing that bothered me was the animation, and a lot of parts... It's very back and Man, forth. Man, there's in some fucking choppy ass animation. <laughs> there's some like, there's some really gorgeous shots, and then there's some really choppy shots. Yeah, there's it's some like good... it goes back and right. forth very hard. And so then it's just like, okay, you just made this show. Now you're making the movie version, theoretically to make better animation, <laughs> and then there'd be shots where it's like a robot's on the one side and it's going to the other side, and it's two seconds, and there'd be like three frames of animation and it's just like oh my god yeah it looks awful the the show was very much like that as well where it was just very like they chose the scenes they really wanted to look good and then everything else was just get it done and and that's just such a weird thing to me yeah it's that's something that older anime like from this time period tend to do a lot like the early 80s animation yeah. anime stuff kind of does this a lot and it, it kind of smooths out as you get to the 90s and things get less obvious that that's going on yeah um so that that's kind of just a sign of the times as much <laughs> as anything is that <laughs> yeah i just was surprised it's not that it's necessarily unwatchable i mean it's fine right but it's uh it's, it's definitely a, noticeable it's, in that. it's very noticeable and it surprised me because it's like this is macross <laughs> isn't this just supposed to be like the best shit there is like yeah why is it like this this is weird <laughs> <laughs> I I think that I know for the TV series had a really small budget. Yeah. And I think the movie probably was not the highest budget imaginable either and right. Certainly much better than the TV series, but I guess it only became huge after the series and the movie and you know it like Yeah, I mean I think it was like the movie was big enough to get some good like cuz even with the animation it has is pretty solid for the time yeah there's some good stuff no doubt like like some of this some of the scenes when they try it's like holy shit that's amazing and yeah like there's a scene when 
Roy is firing some missiles at the Zentradi and it's like zipping around the screen is like, whoa, that was like some of the best animation I've ever seen. And then, yeah. and then you get like the janky just, just staggering. So it's you're just like, awful. what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird back and forth. And I do have trouble thinking of something else that has that big of a, of a back and forth between yeah. the good and the bad animation. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of shit going on at the end, and yeah. that's all pretty yeah, solid all pretty animation. Solid. So I feel like they were like, okay, we just got to make sure this end <laughs> shit is dope. Yeah. Like, Which is weird, though, because you got to get to that end. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people are going to walk out for, for choppy animation, but it just it just seems like, I don't yeah, know, like man. That, that Max and Miria fight is really really good fight i've yeah. always loved that fight that's <clears throat> that's got to be in one of my like top 10 anime fight scenes is okay that big duel between them when uh just everything about that scene was really cool i don't know if you uh know exactly which scene i do about. not i'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a hint because <laughs> like, max and miria aren't as prominent in the movie as they are yeah, in the series, yeah but, i don't know i don't remember uh, max people. is the the guy with the glasses and the blue he's got blue hair he's in the he's one of their fighter the fighter pilots on the human side and okay. Miria was the the female warrior and the the Meltron warrior who's flying around they get in that big fight in the ancient city yeah when they're they're showing is up she the one she starts kicking ass and she's like ah oh, where's the people with some fucking <laughs> right, you know, right. Like, and then she fights max yeah, and okay. there's that fight scene where they're both like what the hell i didn't kill that guy what the freaking like how is he not dead like no, i have to so watch it kinda, again yeah that, i don't even remember that fight is i've always loved that fight that fight's really good yeah just has a lot of fun crap going on i like that it. part where, where i think it's in that scene where like this fucking gun like comes right up to this dude's face yeah, and just yeah. blasts him in the fucking face. <laughs> I like yeah, that. that's that's Miria's first appearance is yeah. when she's just kicking ass, just like Who are these fucking losers. Anything you know, big fucking laser to the face, bazooka to the face, whatever, <laughs> man. It's always gonna get me going. I like yeah. that. I like that shit. Uh, and then there's that one where she like shoots the guy up and he collapses and she just stomps on his skull yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, that shit was cool. I liked that. Yeah, yeah, the Miria stuff is always fun. She's the, she's always fun. Yeah, I just like some of that stuff. It seems like you could. It, I know they're trying to condense. Yeah, but yeah. it feels like what is kept and what is because like that I think could be bigger. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's weird. It's like that same thing I always feel with anime where it's like it's too short and too long at the same time. But it's also too long. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's a weird sort of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I understand that and like it's I mean, I I kind of love the movie too much to yeah. really be annoyed by any of that, but I I I get what you're saying and why it would be pacing wise is a little yeah, weird just as a as a movie for you know i haven't seen anything else it just seems odd like i don't know <laughs> i don't know and i'm sure it's partially me because i know that it's very well regarded and so, you know people like this movie but yeah it's it's definitely something that would probably be helped by seeing the series yeah i, th I feel like not that i want to see 
you know, a whole long series, but I yeah, just, and th- I that's kind of always the problem here is that it's like we don't have that much time to sink into right getting the the bigger, more expansive story. Yeah, I and mean, then, I did watch the I I started watching the first episode of the series. Mm, okay. It's on Amazon if you have Prime, um, as well as uh, Southern Cross and the other one that um, yeah. Genesis Climber Mosquita. Yeah, those are all three on Amazon Prime, in their original forms. Um, but anyway, the uh, I watched the first, not I. I watched like the first part of the first episode, mm. um, where the, it's like this shit fucking crash lands. Yeah, and yeah. then they start like rebuilding it, and right, and then right about the time when they started talking like okay now we're like the the two girls the the one girl and the the black lady were on the deck of the ship and the bridge and they're like talking about some shit like they're getting it going about to start flying that's about when i stopped Mm. because i needed to start watching the movie right but it was it was helpful to know that like okay this is some alien shit (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that they renovated and now they're gonna fly around in it right like that because otherwise the movie just starts off and it's just, there's a spaceship shooting right. stuff in space. And you're like, wait, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and so and I, I, I don't of, know that you need to know that. Right. But like, I feel I, like it helped me. Yeah, like, I kind of feel like for the movie and turning it into a movie, like, cutting that out was kind of the only real option. Because it, it's so complicated. Yeah. And to throw that into the movie on top of actually telling the story. Right. Like, it just wouldn't have worked, and so it's just, like, almost better to just, like, dump you in, like, oh, it's Star Trek, we have spaceships, and we're fighting aliens. Right. Like, just, just run with that concept. and Yeah, I think that's fine. Because the actual, like, origins of the Macross and how we get to this war with the Zentradi yeah. is just so weirdly complicated because they... It's basically the Macross turns out to be kind of like a vietnam booby trap like a teddy bear that a soldier would pick up and there's a bomb and it explodes it's basically a booby trap like oh okay and so they rebuild the macross and everybody's just like yeah we got this new spaceship and all this stuff and then the zentradi show up and the macross just automatically fires on them like nobody pulls the trigger Uh, it's just it's just set up to and they're just like they're trying to turn it off like what the fuck is it doing (laughs) and it just fires and they're like oh shit and now suddenly you're at war with the zentradi and like and then they try and do the space fold to get them in like a pincer attack to get like behind the zentradi fleet and then have the the earth fleet and the macross like pincer attack them yeah that doesn't work because they've never used it before, and so it just, they don't really know what they're doing with it. And they instead of going out behind the Zentradi fleet, they go out to fucking Pluto, and then the fold system vanishes to God knows where. And they don't just take the Macross; it takes the whole goddamn island with them. So they've got okay. so that's how all these civilians are on the ship in the first that's place. Why they have a fucking mall? And <laughs> yeah, thing. exactly. Like they like, what the they, fuck. <laughs> because <laughs> they they literally like teleported the entire island out into space yeah. and they're like oh shit like it reminded just... me of uh, citadel on mass effect 
Yeah. But they have like yeah, the yeah. fucking the mall and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like like so there's all this like weird like setup of into going into how they got there. Yeah. That if you tried to put that into the movie, yeah, that no. would be the movie. That it would, would be just, too much. Yeah. Yeah. It just so I I kind of feel like the only way to go through it is just just be like yeah there's people on a spaceship fighting aliens like let's just right. That's a. a a, a regular enough setup for people right. to just go into like going in the, yeah it's just that starting where they set it up is probably the best place they could have yeah but the uh the explanation of the see like i'm not even gonna know but there's like the males and the females that are warring each other right and I don't know that they explain that particularly well. I think I got it. Right. But, man, when that came up and it was just like, okay, <laughs> who the fuck is fighting who? <laughs> and the, and it's, it doesn't help because the 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 green guys are keep calling the humans microns. But then, like, the way that they're talking about it, I don't know if they were talking about humans because they were talking about microns on the fucking macros and I'm like what's a micron <laughs> I know a macros is this fucking ship but right okay I don't know because they cause they're talking about something about yeah because I don't fucking remember yeah it doesn't but. really explain that the Zentradi are giants until you get later in yeah until they like kidnap the Minmay and stuff and everybody, and then right. they're, like, they're sitting there right on, and like, oh, they're, those guys are like ten times their right, size, right. and and then they kind of get into that. But. I thought that was like the microns or some shit because they they rebuilt this ship, so I thought like, okay, this is some human tech, fucking <laughs> microns, you know, and then the people are like, oh man, they put these microns on our ship, and you know. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I was lost. I was like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Yeah. But you know. So yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know. And then the and then the, the female. Is it just the one one lady, or is there multiples? Of uh, them? There's a whole army. Of there's them a whole army of them. That, I mean, you really only see Miria, the the one. That, yeah. Like, but there are others that run around with her, and okay. <clears throat> I and mean, you only really get to see her. There's the leader of them called what I forget what the heck her name was. The they gave her a name and <laughs> she had a big spaceship and a whole fleet and then yeah. and that was the whole thing at the end when uh the Zentradi leader is just like, Oh, fire our big cannons like there's our own ships are in the way and Is that when they're like they're gonna they're talking about oh we gotta go after Bulbasaur or whatever yeah. the fucking <laughs> <laughs> not a Pokemon. I don't know the guy's names, man. I don't yeah, know. it was <laughs> Bordoza or Bulldozer or something like that. I think Bulldozer. <laughs> Bulldozer. There you go. We can just call him Bulldozer. It was something like that. Yeah, and so he he was a a green guy or a, a lady. Yeah, he was a green dude. He was a green dude. He he was that dude that he was at like the end with the weird fucked up yeah, eye. And yeah, so like he was their leader. Yeah. And they were like, fuck off, we want culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and so where's the where are the ladies in this in that part? Um <laughs> <laughs> They were kinda like okay, so 
they're going in they're like okay there here's these humans these microns we don't we don't know what the fuck's going on with them so they're yeah. investigating they, and they find this music they hear this music for the first time ever and they're freaking out by it and so the leader's like oh my god people freak out when they hear this shit this will be a great weapon to kick the shit out of the girls with and so they so he's just like he's seeing it as a weapon and so he's pursuing the humans to get this music thing that he really does not understand okay and he's going to use it as a weapon he's going to just use it to confuse the women because he sees it's confusing his own troops okay and he goes oh if we use this on the women we'll be able to kick their ass oh man but he, if he only knew <laughs> women like to dance <laughs> So he's trying to get this song because he sees it as like this secret weapon, this okay. like special, like destructive thing yeah. that will destroy. Like they they say it somewhere in the movie is like it, it takes away our will to fight. Like what is this horrible thing? And then, yeah, I remember and so that. he's like, if we use that on the women, th then they won't fight, and we can just kick their asses. And, and right. so he's trying to weaponize it. Is that why they they make peace to right. try to fuck right. them over and get the. That song, that, yeah, they're because they he because okay. when he's kidnapped Min May, and he shows her this, and they don't really. This is one of those scenes that gets kind of clipped out and not really right. uh, given too much attention in the movie to its detriment. Um, he he has like this fragment of culture that he's had for th these thousands of years on this spaceship that he doesn't know what it is, and he's yeah. like, "We've got the maybe they can explain this to and us." And that's the music. That's the music, and what it, I guess that's just the notes of of a melody. And Minmay right. manages to figure that out, and goes, "Okay, here's the melody, but I don't have any lyrics for this song." Right. And so he sees it as, "Oh, we have half of this weapon." And it's already causing people to freak out. Well, if we get the whole thing, if we get these lyrics, how do we get these okay. lyrics? We need to get the microns to give us these lyrics and create these lyrics for us because so, they're the only ones who can. Yeah, okay. So he's just, just seeing it okay, as I get that now. like building this weapon, and he's right. So then they make peace. Min May goes back. She's got the songwriters on the case, right? And, so that they okay. can make this song. And then theoretically, they're going to make a full song. Zentradi's going to turn on on the humans and steal it and yeah go kick some probably they right. would have betrayed the humans in the end anyway right. um but what happens is the the meltrans the women show up sooner than it's ready and so they get in this fight and that's and so he just says all right fuck it <laughs> we're not getting the song just shoot them up and okay. so they have this big war above the earth where they're all blowing stuff up and, right and that's when uh Minmay starts singing the song and is during that war with the Zentradi and the Meltrandi. They're all fighting each other. Oh, I They're... thought the humans were fighting somebody. No, th at that point, I mean, they are also fighting, but okay. it's like at everybody's that point, fighting. Literally, the Macross, it, it, it's literally the only humans left in the universe. Like, they've it's like it's right on the edge of like th that spaceship literally holds every single living human being at, the, yeah. at that point in time there's nothing else anywhere on the humans so but what there's not humans out in space they're fighting in no. that war no just okay. the macross it is the only well, thing left. well that's what i mean yeah. like there's because they have their little their little guys that they're flying around in yeah those are those are like the little starfighters that you, yeah they're like and they're, so they're not fighting in this war at the end um, they're there, but they're like they're they're a part of the Macross. That's like 
Right. I, I consider that just a part of the Macross. They, they dock on the Macross. They're right. launched from the Macross. So they're are just, they fighting? Yeah. Yeah, they're out there they shooting stuff fighting. up. They are fighting. Okay. But they're they're just, like, trying to protect the Macross. Yeah. And the, the Zentradi and the Meltrani are just shooting they're each other They're fighting each the other. Time. Yeah, and they're, they're okay. the much bigger factor. The Macross is just like, oh, crap, trying to find a hidey hole and not get shot right. up in while there's, like, hundreds of th- thousands of yeah. ships just firing was, all yeah. over the place. It was a big deal. It was yeah, a big fight. because they were all shooting each other up. I mean, it was, you know, big fucking war, but I didn't yeah, yeah, it was, really get that. Yeah, it was, like... 99% of that war was the Zentradi and the Meltrandi at that point. Okay. By the end of that, the human race is basically non-existent. And so the song affects both of them. Yeah, yeah. There's actually, there's a fun part, there's Max and Miria who, and you didn't quite remember that fight, so probably don't remember, probably doesn't mean much to you at this point. But there's little right. uh, asides of that where you see Miria when she hears the song and she's just like, what is this? And yeah. And so, and you see a bunch of the Meltrons. In, in general, the green dudes are the Zentradi, the guys, and the girls are either in like pink or purplish kind of magenta colored ships. Okay. So, <clears throat> color wise, you can kind of tell them apart. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's just the movie itself or just this particular copy. There's not a huge, uh, obvious, like it's not a huge contrast between those two colors, but yeah. you do. If if you look for it, you can definitely see where. All right. Yeah, I def I didn't see any. Like okay, this is the girls' colors. Right, right. And so maybe I just wasn't looking close enough. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it. It's there if you pay attention to it. But yeah. if you don't even know that going into it, then right. yeah, you're not going to even be looking for it. So. Yeah. Okay. But there is a. They are these different sides there so they're there because i just thought the girls were this thing that they come up sometimes and then they weren't really like then they were just gone (laughs) and then then you know like a couple people show up here or there and i I didn't get that they were fighting at the end there yeah yeah they basically earlier in the the movie they're basically it's just the scouts of the girls who are just like what's going on here the zentradi are doing shit over here we gotta go fight them and so they bring in their whole fleet (laughs) at the end as their fleet shows up yeah and has this big uh showdown with the zentradi and um and that's kind of what uh there's actually that scene actually this might jog your memory a bit more on the maximaria fight is when the fight ends and he gets out of his ship and he's all beat up and Miria falls over and she's all beat up and they look at each other and they and he looks at him like oh she's beautiful and and she looks back at him and is like oh, he's beautiful and they <laughs> they have this little moment where they just see each other outside yeah. of their ships and they they just they both say just like beautiful like <laughs> and then you get Minmay humming the tune because right. she doesn't have the lyrics yet so she's just humming and the girls hear it and they're just like what the fuck is that <laughs> and they're like oh let's get the hell out of here i don't know what's going on and they just like zoom off as yeah. the Zentradi show up. Huh. All right. And that's actually a bit of a funny thing with uh, Max and Miri, because Max is on their ship at that point. He chases her onto the ship, and okay. they have that big duel in the airlock where they shoot out the lights, and there's just a lot going on. So he's stuck with them, and so he's with the girls at that point. Yeah. And, and you see him later, like... You actually see him later on in the movie with Miria, and he's like grown up to giant size. They they giant sized him. To, oh, okay. <laughs> and he's like joined the girls, and oh, he's like weird. fighting alongside Miria at that point. So the girls are big too. Yeah, yeah, they're all 
they're they're the same as the Zentradi. All right. Okay. <laughs> Another thing I fucking missed. Jesus. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because that's the opposite of how it happens in the TV series. They kind of turn it around because in the TV series, Miria shrinks herself down to human size oh, okay. and goes to Earth to duel Max. Oh, and okay. then they fall in love and she joins the humans and it becomes oh, a Valkyrie okay. pilot along with everyone else. And huh. so they, it's kind of a, just a fun little twist on the, yeah, okay. the way that works out and just doing this, having that same relationship with those two characters, but doing it the different way. Just yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's the movie. Let's have a little well, different twist on it. And fucking, we just animated it the one way. Why don't we just <laughs> at least get to draw something different? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I I would say that like as much as it's like the same, like if you see the TVs like watching the TV series compared to the movie, like they look very different. There's no real yeah. confusing them. As much as they're using the same designs, it's right. just it's it's a whole different like visual. I think I mean it might be different if I if I drew cuz I don't un- right. like to me you draw something and it's like holy shit. Look at this thing I drew. <laughs> Whereas, and I know artists that like draw for a living and stuff. And and I remember before they were big, just being at their house and they're just drawing, and it was really fast. And I was like, "Holy shit! You just like, yeah, that's amazing!" Yeah. And then you just do something else. And they were working on a big, uh, like a comic uh, page, and they were just blasting it out. And it was just like, "Oh my god, this is like incredible!" Yeah, yeah. When I've when I've seen artists like draw, it's just like I could probably spend like days doing that, <laughs> just, yeah. and getting it just right, and it still wouldn't look as good as that. Right. That's what they do in just like five minutes of just. <laughs> Right, right. I it's mean, crazy. you know, they they didn't start there. They had to. Right. They right. probably started at you know being very poor and then eventually you know working up that speed and stuff. But but anyway, my point is that maybe mm-hmm. to the artist, it's not even that big of a deal. Like, yeah, okay, we're gonna draw this today. Fuck yeah, here's a hundred right. frames of it, man. And, we're fucking going. And I would think for animation, <laughs> that's like par for the course where you have to draw the same thing like 20 times in slightly different yeah, poses to true. move it true. anyway. So That's true. So they don't give a shit. They're just yeah. like, whatever, what are we doing today? <laughs> drawing the same shit as yesterday, just like every day. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it kind of becomes a routine, I yeah, suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, so I don't know, and getting to draw it all higher detail levels and right because it's it's definitely got a a lot more detail work in things. Okay, just in all the shading and yeah, just minor little mechanical details everywhere and all the different yeah. parts and stuff. I wonder how like because um, the TV show is probably you know it's old so it's probably four by three. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And then the movie is is uh, a little more wide, right? One eighty five. So, you know, they might, you know, it's a different format, so they get to spread things out a little bit more. And yeah, you know, yeah, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, so it's. I just, I still feel bad for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> those guys, fucking forty years ago or whatever it was. That's not that long. Yeah. Almost. Like 35. 35, yeah. 35 sounds about right. It's uh, definitely uh, a lot of shit going on in there. Yeah. I want to say, too, that 
the lead up to we got this music we need these lyrics and they finally put them together and now here's the the moment of truth <laughs> the war is going to end based on this fucking song i thought man if this song isn't fucking good <laughs> this is going to ruin the whole thing and so i was very happy that it was a good song yeah yeah no i, I love that song i was happy to to, to hear that because it's like man this this whole thing could be ruined <laughs> it, it would have if that was a bit like the, this actually makes me think of um metropolis yeah when we talked about it and how that ends with uh, a very that's right i did uh, think about that when this when this end was playing out i thought oh it's, it reminds me of that yeah and it's it's and like what you'd said like it was in metropolis like it doesn't quite earn it yeah like and i feel like macross earns that kind For of sure thing. like it it really does need and work with that kind of a disconnect that juxtaposition of yeah. the music with the action yeah no it works beautifully it's yeah. perfect yeah and very like, i wish the rest of the movie <laughs> was as fucking artistically perfect as that end part you know that last probably half an hour or something right where they're I mean that shit is just on point. Yeah, and, it's, yeah I, that that is definitely the highlight of the film for yeah. sure. And, and like I love that like in the end where they're just busting into the enemy spaceship and like you see the the big enemy commander, the big evil guy, and <laughs> he's like watching Minmay perform on the screen, yeah. and Ikaru like flies through the image of Minmay and just like <laughs> through his screen and just and it, it was just kind of like it just perfectly parallels that yeah, kind of yeah. action. There's a lot of just like cross cutting of Minmay performing with the action cross right. cut to it. That just works really well. Yeah. It's very cinematic. That's what I like about it. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's the, 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 the bringing together of imagery, artistry and right. music and all just, at the same time. And it, it brings together just like all the different aspects of the story to right. where it's, yeah, it all kind of comes together. You know, it's, the story itself is, is very heavy on the romance. It's very heavy on the sci-fi, on like high concept sci-fi. Yeah, stuff, yeah. And it's very heavy on the action. Yeah. And that ending brings all it really, three of yeah, it, it like ties all of that into this one moment where yeah. it really works. And yeah, for sure, it's definitely like just that that moment always just gets me just like yeah it's like, yeah it's really good i just i just love that shot too where he's like lining up the gun just like and then it like <laughs> he like raises the gun and then his shoulder gun aims and then a little head mounted gun just like flipping the place like, <laughs> uh, and then just a little shout of protoculture at the end yeah. he just screams and just <laughs> yeah protoculture i like i like the uh the premise the whole idea the the foundation of the whole story basically with that right I, th I thought that was really cool yeah it's 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 a lot of fun it's uh it actually kind of goes into what macross kind of tries to do in a way that um it takes every weird silly thing that sci-fi does that yeah. makes no sense and it makes sense out of it like 
the whole thing. Like, you've got, like, Star Trek of just, like, why are all aliens, like, humans? Why do all aliens, oh, like, yeah, like, why can we, like, reproduce with Klingons? <laughs> and, like, why is, like, that's just, true, yeah. It's like, why are all aliens just humans with different ears or something weird like that? Like, right, right. Like, why do you have robots that turn into jets? How does this make any sense? Why, do, like, <laughs> why on earth do you have a spaceship that has aircraft carriers for arms? What is going on? Like, it does, yeah. it does all these just weird, crazy things, but it provides this, like, logical foundation that m- actually makes sense. And it's just like, yeah, of course that's going to happen with this setup. Like, of course you're going to have giant robots that turn into jets when you're fighting giant aliens that you need to have an infantry battle with. <laughs> and, like, you're not going to go out there on foot with this guy towering over you. Like, you could. That's but, what, but you got to be a bad motherfucker. They they actually <laughs> do that like a couple of times in the series where they're like, I think so. He has like a bazooka, just like fuck yeah, firing up into the, the air, face, just like man. he's scared as fuck doing it. To <laughs> <laughs> the Zentradi, it's like a little pea shooter, just like ah fuck. Oh man, even a bazooka. <laughs> I think oh, the bazooka man. might have got. I don't know. There was some weird stuff in there, but bazooka to the face. That's a bad motherfucker. If he can yeah, take it they, to the face. Zentradi are pretty durable. Like, in the series, Britai actually gets blown out into space. And he's just climbing around on the outside of the ship trying to find the... He's just like, God damn it, just crawling wow, the, how the fuck out, outside in this vacuum. And he just crawls back in. Like, God, where is that bastard that shoved me out here? Jesus. They're, they're durable motherfuckers. I guess so. But, uh... Yeah, there's there's fun stuff in there, but yeah, so it's got a lot of crazy fun things. Like it just came up with explanations for all this weird stuff. That, yeah, like to make it work. Like even the whole idea of like like love and friendship saves the day. And like right. there's actual reasoning behind why that is working here. There is. There like is. And that's actually to tie this back to. Uh, kind of a good timing on this uh, with uh, the last Gamera movie we watched. Okay. Where you have that scene where Gamera gets revived by the kids. Yes. And how I, I mentioned that it like it works on an emotional level really well in that scene, but uh-huh. I, like, I felt like the logical level wasn't there. Okay. Like, Macross, I feel, works on both of those both, levels. Yeah. Like, this is that's what I meant by, like, I wanted there to be that logical level to it as right. well. Is like, it's what Macross does is makes it work both on that emotional like visceral level but also on this this actually makes sense that this alien guy would be like wait this is some unique special thing we shouldn't be destroying this this has value we should protect it and learn from it so it kind of makes sense that he would suddenly go wait wait I've been studying this thing this whole war trying to figure these things out and we're just going to annihilate like no we can't <laughs> yeah it is it is interesting in that way so yeah I, I, I love that aspect of it is the song the same in the series um I think it is I'm not sure it's been a while since I've seen the series okay I know some of the songs are certainly in later things like um one of the songs Min Mei sings during the concert is actually in Macross Plus. Oh, okay. They like the the characters in Macross Plus go to a karaoke bar and they start and singing they sing that, that song. And I'm like, oh, oh hey, okay. that's that song from the original. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that makes sense. I just wondered if if some of these songs were so 
at least some of New them do. Or... At least some of them carry over into yeah, okay. other series. So I'm not sure specifically if they all are, but yeah, because it seemed like I don't know that like it seems like it was designed around that song. That song is like this is the shit that's gonna save the world. Yeah, and so it would be weird if the series had a different song. <laughs> but then I thought, well, I don't know, maybe maybe I, they. This is like fucking Mark Two, <laughs> fucking song. Like, no, this song is really gonna do it. This other song, I don't know. <laughs> they might have remixed it or something, but I think it <laughs> yeah, is the same yeah. actual like core song okay. in there. There, there. It might have like a different remix or something for the yeah. movie, but that makes sense. Yeah, it's 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 been a little too long since I've seen the series, but oh yeah, I, like on this one, like I've always been like Macross. It's kind of the Star Wars or Star Trek of anime, kind of like, and this time I get okay. the feeling like it's more of the Star Trek. I, f- I feel like after watching this, like it's the Star Trek of anime. It's yeah, I mean, it's for one thing, it's all about this one spaceship and the people on board it. It it has okay. you don't see it too much in the movie, but it has like a specialized bridge crew of people who are like this returning cast, the way Star Trek does. Yeah, you, you know, you've got the captain and. Right, You've right. Got Misa, who's maybe more like Riker or something, and yeah, yeah. Claudia's more like yeah. They do have that one, that captain dude. Yeah, he's he's yeah. definitely a lot more in the series than in the yeah. movie. But and that black lady was like on the bridge. Yeah, she'd be more like a Spock or Data kind yeah, of role, yeah. the science officer. And then there's the bridge bunnies that are okay. Uh, that's the Macross term sprang up around Macross fandom oh, is the bridge okay. bunnies because. Uh, Macross always has this habit of you've got the captain who's a dude yeah. and then the entire bridge crew is women. And okay. so the, there's this term has come up in the fandom of just calling them bridge bunnies. That All right. Like kind of a, I, I guess kind of a reference to uh, Playboy bunnies. But yeah, like yeah. it's just cuz it's just like this captain with this harem of girls around. That's him. Kind of, have you seen the original Star Trek series cuz that's kind of how it is. <laughs> Not the whole bridge crew but like there's a bunch of like these fucking ensigns girls and then yeah. th- in that series they all have these real short oh yeah, yeah skirts yeah. and it'll be just like oh this girl's in this episode or these two episodes and then now it's a new girl and you yeah. know so it's kind of like a rotating thing like that mm, yeah so I, I yeah and macross it's literally every single bridge crew member yeah. except the captain is a girl <laughs> <laughs> and they're consistent they don't like switch in and out ever. oh it's okay. like very consistently these three girls that are you see them in the movie, but not yeah. too much. Like they're, you see them, like in their off hours, like gossiping about Min May and oh, okay. at a cafe somewhere. That fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, and then at like the end, you see them all like taking a nap on the bridge. Like they're they're like actual characters in the series. Yeah. They just, they just don't have the time to make right, them right. characters in the movie, but they're actually there. So. There's like this bridge crew that's <laughs> hanging out, so that's, that's kind of a Star Trek vibe to it, and yeah, and it just definitely the whole, seems more Star Trekky to the me. The whole like sci-fi aspect to it that it's really going into like actual sci-fi right, themes. The right. way Star Wars is just an adventure, in a, yeah, yeah, it doesn't it, feel like Star Wars to me, yeah, except for the battle kind of thing at the end reminded me of. Uh, the scope of the battle at the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. And, yeah, and yeah. That one of the prequels. There's a big battle like that. 
Yeah, that definitely. I was reminded of that big Death Star battle and yeah. in, in that final moment where there's just all these ships going by, and right. not not only in just that there's this huge epic battle, but that it's kind of a showcase of all these little tiny ships that you'd see. Like all yeah, of yeah. those ships are things within Macross that you just you just are seeing. Like here's like the B wings showing up, and right, like. Right. The B-Wings are a thing in Star Wars. Yes. It's just you never really see much of them, but there's this one little moment where they're all flying by, and it's yeah, like, hey, yeah. there's B-Wings and A-Wings and whatever. Right. And kind of... And that fight with Macross is in the Macross is very much like that, where you're just seeing all the Zentradi and Meltrandi ships flying by, and it's just like, right. oh, hey, those are actual, like, things within this universe that just yeah. aren't getting much attention here, but they're just there to be like, hey, here's this whole freaking world of... Yeah, yeah. The spaceships and stuff going on. And in that sense, it felt very much like Star Wars in that moment. But, right. And that's why, like, that end of Return of the Jedi um, is brings together all of those elements of the, all the different ships. Because, like, the first, the first movie mm-hmm. of Star Wars is just X-Wings, Y-Wings, and TIE Fighters. Right. And then the next movie, they add the TIE Bombers and the... Probably interceptors uh, were in there too. I would think. I think those Maybe. are in only in Return of the only Jedi. Jedi? Hmm. Um, but yeah, the B wings are only in Return of the Jedi, and A wings come in there th- somewhere. Snow speeders are only in the you know. So they, I like how they add things. But then at Return of the Jedi, they kind of bring it all together in that one giant battle. Right, or it's just like here's all the cruisers everything. and the and the star destroyers, and then in that one they have the super star destroyer, and yeah, it's yeah. just like a fucking awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's that's kind of what is part of why that end battle in Macross is just so epic and yeah, amazing. Yeah. Just, just there's so much crap going on, and it's, and it's right around the same time. Uh, the fucking yeah, yeah, it would have been Return of the Jedi is eighty three. So, yeah. not that I'm saying anything is taking from anything, but it's just right at that same time, like fucking space battles, yeah. RS. <laughs> <laughs> the world was uh, pumped up about space shit. Yeah, yeah. There's some fun little other uh, parallels around, like just arcing, tying together the the movie that I was really noticing this time of stuff, like. Um, like when Ikaru first interacts with Misa in this movie, okay, he's like she's giving them him this order of like go chase those guys down or whatever, and he like instead flies in front of the bridge and like kind of shields it from this incoming ship going in, and there's right. like and Misa's all pissed about it, like do do what I'm ordering you to, right, kind right. Of thing. and he's like what I'm trying to protect you, like what the hell is wrong with you, and, and then but at the end of the movie, when Mi- Minmay's singing that song. He flies up right in front of the bridge window and is kind of flying that guard oh, position. Okay. And, and you see this moment where he just floats up there and then Misa just kind of looks at him and she's kind of smiling. And like, it's this, yeah, and okay. it was just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like parallel of yeah, this, this yeah. change going on. Um, there was some stuff in there of like, like all the similar things he does with Minmay that he does with Misa later on, like gathering up food and yeah. like when they're, like the the structure of those two strands like it isn't just the fact that he's stranded with the girls in these two situations like they're actually structured very similarly where they're going on like um yeah like in the there's the tuna there's this giant tuna fish floating around when he's trapped with minmay which i'm (laughs) glad is there because that is like 
a, a, this amazing part of the TV series that it, I, like even oh, just as okay. like this little one. There's like a, almost an entire episode about that fucking tuna fish. <laughs> Jesus, because <laughs> he's like because in the series he's trapped in there with Min May somewhere on this ship, and they like they look out the window and there's this fucking frozen tuna fish floating through space, and they're like, God, we're hungry. Oh, there's a fish out there, and they like spend this whole time trying to get this fish so yeah. that they can eat because they're like hungry in this <laughs> trap. <laughs> like there's a fish out there, we can totally eat that. Like God, we gotta get that fish, and they like go through this whole little adventure to wow. get this freaking tuna fish. And so I was glad to see yeah. it in the movie, even just like a little friend. It's like, hey, it's the fish. How long has that fish been out there, though? <laughs> you don't know where that fish has been. <laughs> the vast reaches of space. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's safe to eat. <laughs> it's been frozen in the vacuum of space. It's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I guess. But it's just, it's just <laughs> funny that they spend this whole, like, freaking like huge chunk of effort and yeah. time trying to get this get fish, fish. And now the fish shows up again yeah and, and so you get the fish <laughs> it's like hey, it's the fish <laughs> that's fun um but then there's so there, there's that part where they're eating fish and then there's the part where he cooks that weird fucking mutated yeah, like, yeah. radiation befouled fish for misa right just like, right so there's like all these little tiny little bits <laughs> like uh where they're just doing the same thing okay. and it's just contrasting how it's yeah. playing out with uh, between the two of them. Okay. And yeah, I fucking <laughs> just completely missed all of that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I see it now. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, okay. Yeah. It's that something that like, it's very specifically this watching, like I was, I guess more on like trying to watch for stuff like that this time than yeah. the last time I watched it. Um, you know, I'm you're going to talk about it. So it's, yeah, it's not like just sitting down to watch it, right? So it's just I was paying more attention to that kind of structural detail, and I was seeing a lot yeah. more. And so it's like I I get what you're saying, where you're saying like it's just weirdly structured and going into it without outside knowledge is kind right. of like overwhelming in a way and just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I, I'm also just seeing a lot of really structuring those arcs to complement each other yeah, yeah. and then tie it in in that ending where they actually have that interaction going on so right. I, I came away from it this time feeling like oh it's a lot better structured than <laughs> i thought it was because like before i was kind of like you know, like it's 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 just crammed it's trying to do all this stuff yeah, and, yeah. and this time I'm like oh they're they're like they're it's definitely crammed and just jammed in there and right uh, kind of hurt by the fact that it can't explore all those avenues but I'm kind of like this time watching. I'm like, wow, they actually did a lot better job than I would have expected from that <laughs> in a, in a normal situation. And, yeah. And honestly, compared to most other like adaptations that just shrink everything down and cram it in, this is probably one of the best I've seen in terms of keeping the original story in there without fucking it up somehow. Right. And making it all work and flow just better than most I've seen so <laughs> I actually was like wow this, this is actually even better than I kind of remembered it well, that's good it's always a, a good yeah. thing so I, I think there is more in there to yeah. explore like but yeah it's something you're not going to catch first off it's right, it's definitely right. something that's subtly put in there and yeah. needs well, to be really examined to really see it yeah for sure I have a weird thing with like if I expect something or even if I don't know what to expect and it's just because I don't know what I expected this to be 
right but right. it was different than i expected <laughs> whatever the fuck that means and so right. i know if i watched it again i would know what it is so i would be able like i would be more on board for it yeah i think in those early parts mm-hmm. yeah oh that's oh, i just freaking remembered there's some other uh, there's another old parallel there in the the min and misa arcs where okay because when he's with Minmay, he actually talks a bit about Earth and like they haven't contacted Earth. Because like Minmay's like, oh, what? Like you're in the army. Like what's what? What's actually going on with this? The civilians oh, aren't okay. getting this yeah. information. Like what do you really know about what's going on? And so Earth. they have the have this conversation of what has happened on Earth. And then with Misa, they're on Earth talking yeah, about like they're like, what's happened? Like all of this shit's gone on on Earth, and they're and they're <laughs> and so in both cases, so again, they're both dealing with this emotion of the loss of Earth of what what are we doing now? Yeah, that we don't yeah. have what's going on here, but and that in general, I've always just liked about Macross is that it just it had the balls to basically blow up the Earth, <laughs> yeah. just like and not in like because you get something like Hitchhiker's Guide. And that's a comedy, so it's a different thing entirely. But just the, like it blows it up right at the beginning, yeah. Like it's just right away, Earth is gone, and, yeah, yeah. And so it's not a big deal because the story isn't about that, right, right. Or you get a story where it's about saving the Earth, and you're yeah. gonna save the Earth, and it's and but then Macross, it, it's about saving the Earth, and they kind of don't save the Earth. Right. It's kind of like oh shit. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stories, and I don't know. I can't think of any offhand, but there's a lot of stories where, like, all of humanity is on this ship. Earth is fucked. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and, and it's so like, I don't know that. That's kind of like the. Usually, when you see something like that, that's like the concept. Yeah, usually that is like the basis of Whereas, the thing. Whereas, like, and, Macross is kind of like it's building up this attachment to Earth where it's like right. we have to protect it. Yeah, it's and different. Then, yeah. And sometimes you'll get just a downer ending kind of thing where it ends with the destruction of the Earth or something. But this doesn't do that either. It's kind of like the Earth gets fucked and you've still got to keep going. And yeah, you've still. Yeah. And so it's like this huge, like, just, oh shit moment of. And then there's still more story, and it's still building on it. It doesn't, right. doesn't just—it's something you don't see very often as a story arc. So, when did the Earth get fucked? Um, in this world, in this world, it probably happens very early on, but you don't know about it. So it's kind of like it physically happens probably pretty shortly after the series starts. Okay, because. I don't remember if they said a year, but like Macross lands on Earth. Yeah, I think that's. I think it took them six months for that journey, at least in the movie. It's because they they've been. I think they said it. They've been journeying for five months, and they're like, oh, in another month we'll be back at Earth. So that, I think it's a six month total span. So they left Earth with the fucking time fold, and in that period, Earth got fucked. Yeah, somewhere within those six months. Okay. Or at least five months, because I think they hit Earth, and then it's like a month before the Macross. Yeah, okay. so, well, so yeah. sometime within those five months, uh, Earth lo- loses the war, basically. Okay. And I'm I'm not sure. Actually, I think in the series they do actually manage to communicate with Earth a few times, and so I think Earth does actually last for a, a while in the series. Yeah. Um, again, I've like it's been too long since I've seen the series to get specific pin down on detail like that. I need but. to know which episode. <laughs> 
<laughs> what fucking minute it happens? Come on, man. They, people come to listen to this for concrete <laughs> facts and precise data on series, and you know they they don't want to deal with this. Like I don't know when it happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at some point in there, actually, the series has some uh, some actual like Earth made spaceships and stuff that are like orbital orbital defense systems and stuff that it, yeah. it gets into a little more like this movie just you get to earth it's basically wasted by then but right yeah so it's has a bit weirder stuff with that but okay so yeah that that does get a little more intricate into it i think in the series because but. the way that it plays out in the movie I mean, they probably say something about, like, leaving Earth or whatever, but they're already in space when the shit starts. Right, right. And then they eventually come back to Earth, and it's fucked. And so then, then they're talking about these fucking protocultures 500,000 years ago and all this shit. And so, like, I was like, well, did the Earth have, have they, like, did this happen 500,000 <laughs> years ago? That like, would have been interesting. <laughs> is that when it happened? And then all because the that's the, a Planet of the Apes situation. The fucking because these people are you know the giant green dudes are you know like <clears throat> is this the evolution of five hundred thousand years away from all this shit? <laughs> like what the how the fuck did this <clears throat> you know I don't know, and so and they don't explain any of that. So, right, right. So I was a little. I mean, I'm sure if you were uh, not zoning out on every line of dialogue <laughs> you know if you didn't if you were paying attention yeah, you probably would they do at some point specifically say they left earth five months ago yeah and <clears throat> so then yeah i'm just trying to figure out the time frame of like the, the giant the green guys how long have they been around um they're basically a part of that protoculture right and so they've been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. Flying around as aliens. Yeah, just shooting the crap out of each other because they're they're the warrior cast. Yeah. So they've been fighting these girls for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And then they drop the yeah. Macross like, hey, let's fuck up Earth. <laughs> right. It's just... <clears throat> that one, I guess, just Earth just wasn't a part of their... Uh, sphere of influence i guess okay. until uh that happened or actually i guess they had because it does say in like the whole like that when they find the sunken city and it explains the history to misa she finds out that um they did like the zentradi war did actually affect earth and apparently wiped out the protoculture and then left and because everything yeah. was fucked and so they just left and then humans wound up kind of going people who survived from the protoculture basically yeah all right so because basically the zentradi are humans right like they're just from this protoculture from hundreds of thousands of years ago right that colonized the earth <clears throat> and then left and kind of became modern day humans eventually over right, right. all that and the the protoculture died off somehow yeah and that's never explained like that's always just a grand mystery of the right. series it's just who knows what the fuck happened to the protocol right right well maybe they've explained it in one of these series that didn't get a u.s May release maybe maybe they've gone and done that by now but 
my okay. take on it <clears throat> has always been that the Zentradi and the Meltrandi were the warrior cast, and that they're the only ones that survived. So all of yeah. the other, like the the builders, the historians, the intellectuals, like anybody who would have known this stuff is gone. Yeah, right, right. And it's just the only people who were left were the soldiers themselves constantly fighting. Yeah. And they've just continued on with that without keeping any trace of their history or anything or even caring about it. Right. Just because they exist to fight, they've been bred to fight, they do nothing but fight. And the series kind of goes into that a little more in the third season that's after the movie, takes place after that, where they're... Because in the movie they even mention it like, oh, there's like thousands of these other fleets out across the galaxy yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like this is this was just one skirmish in this huge zentradi meltrandi war that goes on across the entire galaxy right and so it's like are we really going to be able to hold up again and so in the, this this just fucking play the song baby <laughs> that's all you gotta do <laughs> and that's kind of what it is like they the third season kind of goes into that a little bit where they actually do go out into space and start finding out more about how the Zentradi and the Meltrandi are, are operating and work and stuff. And yeah. I don't need to figure nothing out. Just play the song. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Like, all right, that's a that's a jam. Oh, <laughs> uh, they do they do crazier things in the series. It's hilarious. I don't know. Max and Miria taking out an entire space station on their own is just, is is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and just the way they do it is insane. That they uh they bring their newborn daughter with them on the freaking fighting jet, just like... That seems misguided, they, but okay. It's hilarious. They bust into the Zentradi space station, and they just they fly around, they're kicking ass, and then they just stop, and they're just surrounded by all these Zentradi soldiers, like, what the hell, like, where did these guys come from? And they, they just hop out of the jet, and Miria just picks up her baby, who's like, fucking several months old or something and she just shows it to them like this is a baby i made this and they just go freaking nuts and they just what surrender the they're just like what on earth i don't understand this at all and they just freak out <laughs> the it was the most hilarious scene i was just like what <laughs> <laughs> and it worked it was the weirdest part and that's it's so weird like, yeah miria and her baby are just like hilarious in that show <laughs> the way miria uh is not a good parent we'll say that <laughs> apparently not but she is a hilarious like fucking parent. michael jackson hanging the baby <laughs> over the balcony you know like, what the fuck uh yeah she she's hilarious with the baby like because the bridge crew is actually like all ooing and awing over it and just like oh it's such a cute baby and stuff and miria like snatches it from it's like no if you want a baby make your own <laughs> <laughs> And they kind of like talk her down, and just like, no, we just like, we just wanted to see the baby. And she's like, okay, fine, you can play with it. And she just throws the baby across the room. <laughs> and so they're all like, catch it, like, oh my god, you can't just throw babies. What the fuck? <laughs> and Maria's like, ah, no child of mine would be so weak as to be harmed by that. <laughs> she's wow. just like, <laughs> Jesus. Maria's fucking hilariously weird. But... I guess so. Yeah, the Zentradi and Meltrandi are like they're, they're more warlike than Klingons. There. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking there's just kind of like a Klingon thing. Yeah, the Klingons have a, a less warlike culture <laughs> in terms. Of <laughs> well, they have culture. Yeah, exactly. They have culture. Right. The, the right. Meltrandi don't have any. They, they don't just, have anything. They, they just exist to fight. They they literally are born for fighting and have no idea what else to do. Right. And like like there are no builders. 
or mechanics or repairs or anything. Like if shit blows up, it's just gone. They don't right. fix it. Like one of the more one one of the parts I loved about the series was at some point Max busts into Brita's ship, the leader of the Zentradi, the okay. the the guy who turns around and is uh, the eye patch guy and the okay the good guy Zentradi in the movie who's all right. Uh, the one who turns around and says, no, we need to preserve and protect the macros and stuff. He's he's the antagonist through most of the series because he's trying to capture the macros and chase it down. But Max busts into the bridge of his ship and he, like, busts a hole through Britai's computer before they, like, get him out of the ship. And for, and for the rest of the entire series, there's just a gigantic hole in Britai's computer. It's just, <laughs> it's just like they never get it fixed because they don't know how. They have no idea how to repair anything. It's like shit breaks and it's just broken. So they're like, oh, I guess we can't use that computer anymore. It's just Jesus. a big fucking hole in the ship for the rest of the, <laughs> the entire series. He's just sitting next to a busted up computer on the bridge. Oh, wow, that's funny. Because they just, <laughs> like, all of their ships are just, like, ancient. They have no idea how they actually work. Oh, wow. They just operate them, and if shit goes wrong, it goes wrong. Huh. And that's kind of what they find out in the third season, is that, like, they don't make anything. They just, there's these automated space stations that just manufacture ships. And uh, they're, just, they're just automated, and they just keep pumping go. them out. It's just some, like, ancient fucking assembly line there with robots go. just spitting out yeah. ships. And the Zentradi are like, oh, there's another ship, let's hop on. <laughs> and so, like, but they can't repair anything on their yeah, own. Yeah. They can't do any of this stuff on their own. They're, okay. they're just relying on these old automated systems that keep going. And, <laughs> and apparently they're uh, running strong. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I assume that the automated systems are automated re repair systems, too, and keep themselves operating but wow uh it's yeah so it, it it's this weird system that they've established for macross and this yeah whole crazy stuff but hmm. one other thing i'd like to say before we shut it down i guess okay um, just another reason it makes me think of star trek is just uh the multicultural aspect to it yeah where okay it's not just about like oh we should have culture but there's also just this broad spectrum of cultures that it represents and less obviously in the movie because you don't see all the origins of the characters and stuff yeah but like the macross that like that city that builds up around the macross when they're rebuilding it because it's the, like it's this it's the whole world it's like this massive hodgepodge of stuff and so okay. that, that city that's on the macross is just a collection of all sorts of people from all sorts of different places and okay. and you can kind of see it in the characters like i don't know where global is from the captain he's from i don't know but the fact that his name is global okay <laughs> is like in and of itself kind yeah, of a, yeah. or global so the b and v in japanese is not really a distinction between that either okay. so it's kind of so, but I kind of suspect he's, he's meant to just be like, he's, you know, he's representing the world. Like by the end of the movie, he's literally the, in charge of all of humanity at that yeah, point. Okay. Like, <laughs> but like Misa and Ikaru are Japanese, I think. Claudia is obviously a black girl. Uh, Roy, I think is American. Minmei is Chinese. It's like, oh, okay. Like it actually, like in the series, it goes into more of like how her family has this Chinese restaurant in that city and they're building it. Oh, okay. So it's like it it's so like in the series it goes a little more into like the backgrounds of the characters and stuff and so yeah it's like that's it, cool it is like this diverse group of people 
that is kind of and, and that you know like Star Trek yes, where it's yes. like everybody is a different ethnicity on the bridge and is yeah yeah you know cultures melding together and kind of preserving that which ties in really well with the theme of the film of being that culture is worth preserving and is yes. a necessary part of things and to preserve that history and that distinctive yeah. aspect of it so. brings people together yeah <laughs> so yeah they don't really talk about that at all in the in the movie about how everybody's a you know right from different places yeah yeah so it's it's kind of interesting I and mean, you see like little tidbits of things like that yeah little like, bits but like how the announcements are often in english yes even yes. though everybody's speaking japanese and stuff so it's it's an interesting one for, yeah you know, yeah and a, little, a little more explicit in the series but still present in the movie it's and, still there yeah but it's not they don't say anything. You know, you right, don't know right. that that girl's Chinese. Right. I don't think there's any way to know unless you know from <laughs> yeah, the just, series. Right, right. Although there is kind of that song she sings that I think has some uh, Chinese lyrics in it, like, Shao Pai Long. <laughs> oh, there is that. Yeah, yeah that, that's that. right. I, I actually wanted to ask you if that uh, reminded you of anything from the your Hong Kong movies or if there was something that it might have been referencing that I'm just not aware of. But. That fucking i don't know <laughs> maybe if i spoke chinese i don't that's in the wrong dude i don't yeah, know yeah I, I don't know you, you've seen all the hong kong movies i thought maybe it was was remind you of something yeah, but from I don't hong speak kong movie chinese though man i don't know but yeah, you know, yeah don't ask me i did i did note it and be like oh that's like a little chinese thing there but uh yeah i didn't think about it obviously until just now so yeah no i don't know no insight coming no insight. from me all right <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, yeah that's uh that's macross yeah good way to good way to close it out there yeah so yeah uh if you haven't seen it uh and you like stuff like this maybe watch the series first but <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> but, or uh, just watch the movie yeah it's uh either way got a lot of good stuff in it either way the movie i think is uh, kind of hard to come by these days but yeah yeah you, <laughs> hard to track that one down Outside of its uh, chopped up American releases, right, Clash right. of the Bionoids. I did note that it has a Japanese Blu-ray that came out a couple of years ago. It but, does, but uh, no English subtitles. Yeah, as, I suspect as usual. the English dub is on there though. Oh, okay, yeah. Because um, Macross, the, or this was the story I've heard on this one is that the English dub is not act is actually done. I think it might have actually been done in Hong Kong. Okay, like it it was actually done for the Japanese market because it was meant to be like a language learning thing for learning english oh, okay so it was actually given an english dub for a japanese uh market to learn in to help okay. them learn english so so it probably has that dub yeah so i i think that is the dub that is used for uh the english release in america too i'm not sure oh, on that oh. but okay i think that that's one of the reasons why this movie has like a notoriously bad dub is that it's not even done by native english speakers so it's yeah so it's like chinese people speaking british english and it's like it, yeah. so it comes off really dang weird but why well, listen to a part of the english it didn't sound like they were non-native speakers yeah they're they're clearly very like fluent in it yeah so yeah i don't but, know it wasn't it wasn't great but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, so it's a weird one but i can confirm that it's not great yeah, that, so, <laughs> so that's the story i've heard behind okay. that dub 
is that it's just this weird like thing that was yeah. meant as a language learning aid rather than uh, for an English speaking audience, but then it released in English, and I think they just went, oh well, it's already got an English dub. Let's, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's throw it out there. All right. Mm. Well, yeah. If you want to see it, see it. If you don't, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that always the case? The classic silver motion <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, until next time, adios. See ya. is a very long story. <laughs> to understand, you'd have to be Japanese.